1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I am, of course, Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And how are you doing today, buddy? Tired. It's been a, it's been a rough week. <sighs> Trust me, I understand. I have had the craziest week ever. Um, so we do want to give a couple of quick podcast updates before we get too much further into the show. Um... We have commissioned an artist. Woo! Woo! So we do have some actual podcast art coming soon. There will be a new album art. So you'll see a new art on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. Um, We are going to get some playmats made. So if you are interested in getting your very own Top Cut Podcast playmat, be sure to reach out to us either through Twitter or through um, Discord. You can reach out to either me or Caleb directly or you can ping us in the server. It's fine. We don't care. And also, we will be offering some merch such as t-shirts and stickers and maybe even a hoodie or two to our Patreons. So, the reason we're doing merch such as t-shirts and stuff to Patreon specifically at this moment is because we basically Patreon set up to where we can go ahead and distribute merch through them and include the merch within the price of a tier. So basically, if you stay at a certain tier for a certain amount of time, you get X merch. So say you're in our $5 tier for two or three months, then you automatically get sent some stickers, stuff like that. So it gives us a way to distribute merch, and Patreon sends it to you directly. And the quality of product for the price that we would be paying for it it's just so much better than we could make on our own and ship out and distribute. Plus with PayPal, I mean with a Patreon handling all the shipping and distribution, honestly, just, it makes a lot more sense. So, Oh yeah.
0: I mean, then, you know, it's also the front on our end. Another cool thing about Z on our end is that it's just upload your art and they do it for you.
1: Right. So it works out really well with us having the new art coming. It'll give us the opportunity to have, um, actual merch out there for the podcast which is something we've wanted for a long time so if you are looking for that merch it is coming soon to a patreon near you so let's go ahead and get into today's episode of the podcast before we do though i do want to take a quick moment to thank said patrons so a huge shout out to austin johnson kane martin cyber mocha scuzz daddy spencer kennedy A.D., Aaron Gardner, Anthony Lila, Damian Zink, Mountain Man, Dino DNA, Myth Oceanus, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. You are the ones making this happen, and we really appreciate it. So, we also want to take some time to, of course, ask you to follow us on both um follow us on twitter at top cut podcast and you can follow us individually if you want i'm at dat chumley and caleb is at jam the man 17 but i'm just gonna be honest personally i mainly run the podcast um twitter page now though so uh, i very rarely get on my main account What well, i say as my main account i very rarely get on that account anymore and usually when i do i'm just reposting fantasy football and saints football stuff so not really a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! content happening there. So if you want more of me specifically, you can find me on the main podcast account. And Caleb, what can they expect from you on your Twitter account? Um
0: lots and lots of just shower thoughts. I'll call them.
1: Uh I was going to say uh S posting, but we try to keep the podcast clean, so yeah, I can't p- really say. Yeah, PG. That. So I'll call them
0: I'll call them random shower thoughts.
1: Yeah. So um I think that's about it why don't we go ahead and talk about some new Dinorufia cards
0: oh yeah uh okay so we have uh, a fusion a new fusion and a trap card
1: dibs on the trap card
0: okay that's cool hmm so for the new fusion we have Dinorufia Rexstrom uh Rexsturm. that's it Rex um yeah Rex Sturm comes from the word Rex, as in Tyrannosaurus, and Sturm, which is Storm in German, so Tyrannosaurus Rex Storm. Cool. Level 8 Dark Dinosaur Fusion Effect Monster, 3000 attack, 0 defense. Pretty standard on <coughs> this entire archetype. Materials A Dino. Dinorphia, it's the OCG name for it, for Dinarufia. Fusion Monster, and a Dimorphia Monster. Just any two as long as it's fusion. Cool. You can only use the second and third uh, effects of this card's name once per turn each. They're hard ones per turns. One, your opponent's monsters your opponent controls with an an attack equal or higher than your life points cannot activate their effects. Whoa. It is a walking skill drain. Whoa. The lower your life points are, the better. Um, Well, actually, no, it's better than skill drain because it doesn't say on field. It's just they can't activate them. So huh. so if you, so like if you have so like let's say you have less let's say you have nineteen hundred life points or less, uh your opponent can't your bird up opponent can't activate something like uh like a fractal. Oh true. Um however, all the all the most notable cards that would be amazing for, namely ham traps, it wouldn't work because their life points have to be zero
1: yeah yeah
0: you know because all the ghost
1: curls have zero attack um but with all the other cards in this archetype that can cut your life points in half realistically you can get yourself down to like 50 life points oh yeah but
0: again ash blossom joy spring has zero attack blah blah blah, blah. but once you get below a certain threshold it probably won't matter that you're not hitting a lot of hand traps and stuff like Nerval or any of the layer lusks
1: right you would really only have to use like two of their effects to get yourself down below nibiru range
0: yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, because one effect puts put you down to 4k, and then another one will put, you down, will put you down to 2k. Right. That also immediately, passively negates Dragoon and DPE. Yes, it does. And once you're yourself under 500, they can't even make them, because that, that... Well, that...
1: and if Dragoon and DPE are on the field at all, then um, the attack of all monsters your opponent controls becomes equal to your life points. Yeah, that too. That I was about to say, the second effect. So, I mean, like, as... I, I don't know about Dragoon because well, Dragoon can't be targeted. It's not unaffected. It just can't be targeted or destroyed.
0: Correct. not Yeah. Neither that nor that nor that second effect, which is a quick effect, by the way, which is you pay half your life points at the end of this turn. The attack of all monsters your opponent controls become equal to your life points. So theoretically, you could have mo- uh, if the duel goes on long enough, you're just in there cutting your life high points in half again and again and again. Your opponent's monsters will you'll likely that affect your opponent's monsters will have one attack point. Yeah, not attack points. A singular attack point, which is hilarious. Uh, uh, third effect. Uh, if this card is stored by Battle or card effect, special summon a level six or lower Dinorphia monster from your graveyard. It floats into a no, into one of the lower level ones. And I, th- if I recall correctly, all the other ones are level six or lower. So it's literally so you can't float into another copy of it, but also leaves them open to other uh, future support. Right uh because now they give themselves like okay we can make a little we can make it you know we can make a level seven so it's still lower level than this thing because this thing's i think supposed to be their boss monster but it's also high level so high level it can't be floated by the boss monster
1: right right which um, is super cool yeah it's, it's an interesting uh design for the deck really next is dynorphia frenzy it is a normal trap card you can only activate a card with this card's name once per turn one, during your opponent's main phase, pay half your life points. Fusion, summon one Dinorphia fusion monster from your extra deck using one monster from your deck and one monster from your extra deck. Two, when your opponent activates a card or effect while your life points are 2,000 or less, you can banish this card from your graveyard. You take no damage from your opponent's card effects this turn. I mean, uh, I guess the burn thing could come up, but realistically, what your real goal here is... Set this card, activate, and immediately summon the Dynorphia Rex Sturm from your extra deck. Yeah. Um, Because you can use materials from your extra deck. However, one thing I do want to note about this is that it
0: is a fusion card that cannot be verted.
1: That's true, because it doesn't say fusion on it or polymerization. Exactly. Similar Um, to how invocation can't be verted.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So that does kind of rein in... The possible i'm just literally going to run one dino rex you know one dinomorphia monster that right? way i have the boss yeah just so i can just so i can verte out this walking ot this walking out this walking skill drain yeah i mean
1: it's i mean it's more than a skill drain it literally is yeah, more
0: it's skill drain mind drain and soul drain all combined into one
1: theoretically yeah again oh, to a certain point
0: yeah again the only stipulation of course being that they have to have an attack equal to or less than your life points, which, again, the entire archetype is based around cutting your life points in half over and over. Right. Well, that's it. That's all the new cards we have. Yeah, uh, definitely super cool. Um, I'm also particularly, I, I also find it hilarious how they made it a trap card, because that means that even if IO is on board, you can still fuse into this into this thing.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah, it really is an interesting concept, and it really sets up Dynorphia to be more of a um, slower control based deck. Oh yeah. Um, but at the same time, I guess it does have OTK potential because you don't really want the game to go too long because of the way your life points are dwindling.
0: Oh yeah. But like, but like something else you also have to keep in mind though is that because of the whole, you know, you can quick effect, you can make all your opponents your opponents monsters have attack tackle to your life points. Um, that causes a lot of big monsters that could just run over the di- the rextrum to just not be a problem. Yeah. Who cares if you have a five? Who cares? Who cares? If you have your uh, ultimate conductor. Tyrannos sitting there at thirty five hundred. Haha, Now it has one attack point. Right. I'm going to run over it for uh, two thousand nine hundred ninety nine <laughs> damage. It really is an interesting concept when you think about it. However, the one thing I'm going to hate about this is because then you're going to start getting weird life point totals. You know, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, because you're going to eventually going to get to a point to where you're down to fifty and then 25, and so then all of a sudden your opponent has, like, has like 2,075 life points.
1: Yeah. Um, Ugh, don't... Uh, I don't even want to think about all that. All right, let's go ahead and get on into the main event. Um. Actually, you know what? I know it's early in the episode, but let's go ahead and do the ad read first. Because once we get into the main event, and the main segment, it, you know...
0: Yeah, we're, we're just going to kind of blaze through it.
1: Right, so... I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, that. Yeah. Thank you so much to ETB games in Alexandria, Louisiana for sponsoring the podcast. ETB games is your one-stop shop for all things related to trading card games, tabletop games, and really anything nerdy. You can find figurines. You can find books. You can find tabletop, um, tabletop, uh, what do they call them? Maps and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, battle maps,
1: battle maps, whatever Mm -hmm. you need uh board games you can find obviously all your sleeves and binders and they have play a couple mats. Of collectibles yeah pretty much whatever you're really looking for you can find at etb games in alexandria louisiana and if you are looking for the next etb battle city day it will be on saturday december the 8th so please january the 8th i was about to say we're kind of past that buddy yeah i saw your head perk up and i was like wait what did i do wrong Saturday January the 8th. So, thank you again so much to ETB Games. Check them out through the link in the description down below. Um so our main event for today, our main segment is we wanted to do a new updated tier maker list for the current format. So the Yu-Gi-Oh format and the Yu-Gi-Oh meta game is a constantly evolving thing. And with that that means that we can constantly update and evolve our rankings and our lists and things of that sort. Especially since, since our last updated rankings, we've had a couple of YCSs. Sure, they were remote, but they're still YCSs. Yeah. We've had a couple. We've had several weekends of regionals. We've had a lot of new information to take in.
0: Oh yeah. But plus, I also have a whole bunch of new toys that people have gotten to play with uh, between the last time we, you know, did this. You know, Small Worlds now out and exists. Uh, actually, I don't. I don't remember how long ago we did the last one.
1: Um, the last one uh, you weren't able to make it, and I did it with Giant Skyhawk and the Don Juan. Right,
0: right, right.
1: So that was post Bode, but I don't
0: Synchro Storm.
1: There hadn't been no. It was Synchro Storm came up before Bode. Oh right. So the thing was, we hadn't had any major events to talk about, Yet. and we didn't have any major events to like reference this off of. We had an idea. Yeah, we had an idea of what the decks would do, but we didn't actually like see them in action. Yeah, yeah. So we have a list pulled up. There's a couple of more rogue options on here, but there's a lot less on here that's just random than the last list. So hopefully this will be a little bit more refined, a little bit more fine-tuned, and not get us quite as much flack on Twitter. (laughs) Fair enough. So um Let's go ahead and start with uh, this will be in alphabetical order. Mostly there's a couple that are weirdly out of order, but I figure I know why. But anyway, first deck on the list is Adamancipator. You have tier zero, tier one, one point five, two or rogue. Hmm. How do you feel about Ad Emancipator for this format and where we stand right now? Truth
0: be told, my gut is to go. It's not even rogue anymore. Um, that's my gut. But actually applying a brain cell, I would still say it is
1: still a rogue contender. Yeah, well the thing about it is that rogue is the lowest one we have anyway, so.
0: Yeah. But my re but I'm talking like actually a pretty good rogue contender, mostly due to the fact that if you underestimate the deck, it's just gonna do what it what it does.
1: So here's the really interesting part about this deck. Sure, they no longer have block dragon, so they can't just and really
0: loop the resources over and over again.
1: Yeah, they, they don't have the built-in protections that they once had. But the introduction of Small World allows them to turn Nibiru into the entire deck.
0: Not just Nibiru, turn literally any rock monster in the
1: deck into almost any other rock monster in the deck. Well, the thing about Nibiru is that it's light. It's not Earth. And so many of the other rocks are Earth.
0: Yeah, but then, of course, and then you also have the individual and uh, emancipator Monsters. Who are all rocks with different levels, tide, yeah, water,
1: and this, that, and the other. Yeah, and everything else is completely different. Right. So, with Nibiru being able to go get most of the rest of the deck, a small world turns a lot on, as evidenced by Farfa going, getting first place at the first regional that he played back, the in-person yeah. in person regional in the UK. So, and of course, no one was, no
0: one saw that coming
1: well i'm not gonna say no one uh farfa is actually a lot better than people give him credit for but to do it without emancipator after the restrictions and the yeah. hits that the deck's taken is really interesting so you say rogue i say tier two where do you think we put it
0: two two and a half
1: there is no tier two and a half well, it's I'll, rogue or it's tier two let's stick it up at tier two
0: um because a lot i'm pretty sure most of those decks are going down to rogue so but i by personal uh, just concern.
1: looking at it actually you know what? i'm fine with rogue okay but we'll probably leave it at the top of rogue yeah like number one
0: rogue deck yeah for now
1: next we have Adignister. uh
0: that that's a pretty solid tier two deck
1: see i feel this one's rogue i feel Adamancipator is better than Adignister.
0: it really depends
1: i i think that the i think that the end board for Adamancipator is much more imposing than the end board for Atagnister. I mean, a six, I mean, a six K attack point towers is kind of, it's kind of infuriating. Yeah, but access code wins. A link for access code just goes straight over it. If you have access code, that is. I mean, yeah, but you have to think that you have to assume that if you're playing at top tables and if you're playing in high-level meta events, yeah, yeah, you're going to have an access code. Yeah, well, not just that you, but you have to assume your opponent is going to have an access code. So, like, I'm wondering, I'm wondering like how I would feel taking these decks into an event. I would feel better taking emancipator into an event than I would Adignister. I'm not saying Ignister is a bad deck. No, not I don't at all. want I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying. Listen, listen. I think it's a good deck, but I I think that the I think that the ceiling of Adam is a lot higher. Mm,
0: I actually have the opposite opinion and that, um, again, you know, the six K attack point towers, and then your opponent has to be able to make the access. Even if they have the access, they have to make it through whatever you also have on board. In addition to the towers. Yeah. Um, you know, your opponent might, might, might just sit there staring, you know, might make the tower set one pass and you're just like, okay, you start trying to make access code and your opponent's just staring at you and then you make the access code Solemn Strike.
1: I mean, Boral Sword also crashes with it. They don't even need access code. They can yeah. just make Boral Sword uh, and Brawl, Brawl, crash.
0: Boral, yeah, Boral yeah, Sword, Boral Sword, Boral Sword, Brawl, um, <laughs> tongue-tied there. Uh, Boral Sword, <coughs> oh, excuse me, Boral Sword and Mech Knight Crusade at Avramax. <coughs> really any card that can just buff its own attack.
1: Well, the thing about Boral Sword is that it also can't be destroyed by battle. That too. So Boral Sword crashes into it, and then you can flip one of your monster defense and go in for six K. So like like there's there's cheap, relatively budget options and you can handle this guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, but again, it's not but again, that's in a vacuum where your opponent literally just made the towers and passed.
1: They're not gonna just make towers and pass, they're gonna have a bunch of the back row to attempt to I, stop I don't know about that. I mean it's a combo heavy deck. They don't really set a lot of back row. They don't run a lot of back row. That is fair. They run combo. And right. if I'm gonna run combo. I'd rather set up a board with like a borrowed Savage and all this other nonsense than, you know, I, I'd rather have more interplay than just rely on my opponent not being able to out my one card. You know, there's also else you also have to keep in
0: mind. You make your access code or whatever, and they just kind of go, OK. And you're like, great. Enter battle for the battle phase. And then they just pitch a effect failure.
1: Well, I mean, it would be before the battle phase because the of like
0: yeah that's what i'm saying because you're like inner battle before the battle phase i mean i <laughs> guess
1: in theory yeah but yeah. like but what yeah i but. don't know I, I would much more rely on my opponent having an out in their extra deck versus me having being able to make the full towers through whatever hand traps they have plus then turning around and having exactly effect valor or imperm on top of all of that
0: uh effectively like imperm than any back row that you just happen to have um
1: but the deck doesn't run back row the deck runs all combo it's all gas <clears throat> gas 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 doo, 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 i have no idea what you're referencing i i i don't feel that strongly about adding nister yeah. and heading into the current format like i said it's not that i don't think it's a cool deck i think it's cool yeah i like the artwork i like the design i like the cards i like the way the deck flows into itself I like that it's pretty resistant to hand traps. You can go in and make your big Bungus through multiple hand traps. And I'm not saying that the 6,000 Bungus is your only option. Because he's not. The deck can do more. But realistically, I think you get a more consistent, higher ceiling, end board out of Adamant Spader. I want to know about
0: more consistent. But you are correct that you do have a higher...
1: uh... the, The inclusion of small world... And the running your nine tuners plus thirteen to fifteen rock monsters in yeah. addition to your nine tuners make it to where you should basically always go combo.
0: I mean, not quite always, but close enough. Um, and and then and then like you said, their inboards a lot better because you have what tunegates, uh, usually at least three.
1: Yeah, usually three. I mean, you can like realistically make like Opalusa plus Borload Savage plus a dragon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, which is a lot better than just this big six K bungus. Yeah. Towers that, you know, don't don't have anything right.
1: over six K. So Too are we cool bad. with Adamanci I mean, are we cool with Adnistra at Rogue?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and stick it at
1: Because I really do think it's worse than Ad I think Adamancipator has no representation. Ad has way more representation. That is fair. Because it's a cool anime deck. That is a fair point. I think that might be why you don't think Ademancipator is that great, because it has no representation. But just like I've seen what the deck can still do, it's still a very yeah. capable deck. So, um, what about um, so they have Invoked here, but let's just consider they don't have any what, Shadal or um, I was gonna say or well, Dogmatica on here. So, I assume it's just the whole deck.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I was just say we should just assume it's Invoked Shadal Dogmatica. How that, do you feel about this one? Tier 1. 1.5.
1: I think it's straight into tier 1. I think it's one of the best decks of the format. The inclusion of DPE does everything for that deck. Oh,
0: right. That is true. I forgot about DPE actually.
1: DPE exists. Yes. Yes, never mind. Yeah, very solid tier 1. Uh in fact, I think it might even be like top 3 decks of the format. Uh, top 4. We'll find out. Cool. Altergeist. Ooh. Uh Well, now that they have the new ones, uh, Pookery and Memory Gamp.
0: Yeah, I would actually. I'm kind of iffy. I'm split between tier like two, and like the top of rogue, the very top. Um, because it's a very solid deck, especially once you get uh, get a uh, spoofing all up.
1: Yeah, ah, I... I'm pretty torn between the- in this one myself, honestly. But that's just due
0: to. There's there is still we are kind of in a more mid ranging format right now, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of combo going around and alter guys just kind of shrugs at them because it's it's a back row deck.
1: Right. I'm hesitantly comfortable putting this in tier two.
0: Yeah. Uh, But the only reason why is because we are in a uh, more mid range format in a more like I would even consider this tier one point five. If the combat if the combat if the format was more combo oriented, like it was in the past
1: right but which is so funny because it is like a build a board kind of format but so many of the decks that are doing it like bird up realistically can be a very mid-rangey deck so can sword Soul. oh yeah i mean sword Soul doesn't play well off the top but they can realistically do the same thing multiple turns in a row
0: yeah um bird up does a lot can do a lot better with just top deck yeah i mean because you top deck one of several cards in the deck and you just kind of shrug and make a new board yeah, for sure. Won't be as good as your first turn board, but you can
1: do it. Right. Um, What about Dino?
0: 1.5. Really? Yeah. Again,
1: uh, again I think it's tier two at best. Maybe Rogue.
0: I would consider it 1.5, only because it still puts out this really intimidating board through hand traps. To be one or two. If you hand trap them ex- excessively, they can still just kind of go... Man, that sucked. Makes a Dolka.
1: I mean, in theory, they can. But I think if you hand trap early, they have trouble getting their steam going because of only having one Misk. Yeah. Because Misk is what let them, like, get the whole combo rolling from the hand, even oh, yeah. if you stop their, like, ov or something.
0: Oh, yeah. But, like, like even just the, the ability to, at bare minimum, just
1: making the Dolka by itself is still pretty... I mean, it's not... I'll... I'll put my thoughts about Dino into a recap of my last match played against Dino. I was in a regional about three weeks ago and my last round before I dropped. No, this was at the YCS a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. My last round before I dropped was against Dino. He, I made my board. He went second. He did his thing. He broke my board and then he killed me. Mm-hmm. Then game two, I did my thing again. I bricked kind of. But I remember what happened. Game one, he said, I built my board. And he literally said, literally said, destiny draw. Ah! Drew for turn, activated fossil dig. I don't know why. When he said destiny draw, I didn't think to just negate it. But I didn't. And then he went and he got misk. Yeah. Activated misc. Normal summon oviraptor, raptor. Full combo. Or no, he searched, maybe he searched ov. Actually I don't know, whatever this. he did, he'd sequenced it and did it in a way where it was like, oh, I just lose now.
0: Yeah, I you. Sh- it's a case of, oh, I should have done this.
1: Right. Oh, well. And I asked him afterward, I was like, hey, so if I stop that fossil dig, do you just lose? He was like, oh yeah, I would have lost for sure. That game was over. That's how I feel about Dino. Fair. If you stop him early, you're good. But... If they get any kind of momentum, they can still kill you and they can yeah. still be really good.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I've only, my last experience with Dino, which is where most of my information is coming off of was uh game one. He went first. And I was I don't remember what deck I was playing, but. um, But like he's like he uh, activated fossil dig and I drolled. And yeah. He just went, oh, no. Well, that sucks. Went out and then made a dolka pass. And I couldn't out the Dolka.
1: Yeah, I got UCT, Dolka, Abyss Dweller, and a Borload Savage with two negates. Yeah. So um uh game I two, had a rough time.
0: Game two, he made that he went for uh
1: yeah, I went first.
0: And he made that board on turn two for some reason. I don't because I bricked. It happened. I drew like all three of uh I drew like all three of my uh pot of uh dual not duality. Pot of pot I draw through pot of desires and it, ugh. Anyway, um attack you know, attack me for a bunch of damage and pass. And I just kinda went Well then, um Darker Little War? <laughs> yeah. And that's how we got into game three, uh at which point he tried to make a board again. I drolled him, he made Dolka pass, and I gave him a on oh yeah but then cutting out my own Dogron, so he just beat me in the face with
1: it right i remember you telling me about that yeah it's it's an interesting deck the thing is it's still capable and if you're not prepared for it then it can still get you but like realistically for those I still who, think it's tier two at best
0: for those of you who are wondering i had Dogron and not uh gamma seal because i didn't have gamma
1: seals at the time i do now yeah i remember that uh would you be okay with tier two uh, yeah. Above Altergeist?
0: Yeah, just above Altergeist.
1: Um, what about Dragon Link? Uh, hmm. My heart wants to put it in Tier
0: 1. <laughs> but my singular Brain Cell says high Tier 2, low
1: 1.5. I think that this might actually be one of the best mid-range decks of the format. Oh, yeah. Very underrated, but... Either high Tier 2 or low 1.5. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, um... Let's just, I'm fine with low 1.5. Yeah,
0: let's take it at 1.5. Um, it, like, it's not a bad deck, but the loss of LP is huge. It, it, gigantic. It, it's I don't even know how to properly describe how big of a hit that was. It
1: doesn't really like, just like set up this big imposing board now. It just continues to just creep advantage over the course of multiple turns and drop all these big bunguses and keep hitting you. Exactly. Expe-
0: particularly with uh, safer allowing... Uh, yeah, Leech Safer, allowing you to recycle your Chaos Dragon Levianir and just getting its effect off over and over and yeah, over and over.
1: Yeah, it's literally like Levianir, air control, honestly. So just
0: about like the only weakness now is that they have is that they have a harder time getting to the Levianir. Now they can, now that they can't just now that they can't just make LP effective LP to bring out Brotar effective Brotar
1: to search for. It. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. What about yeah. Drytron?
0: Uh. Hmm that board though yeah uh i'd say above dragon link and 1.5 i agree i think it's
1: probably the top of 1.5
0: oh yeah it's like the best deck it's like like after you get out of tier one it's the best deck
1: probably yeah All
0: debatable right. but what about eldritch <sighs> i think it
1: depends maybe um, i think it depends on the actual event itself
0: yeah, exactly. Cause it, cause, cause events like we like, cause like we said before, we are in a very mid range format. But then some events are more combo oriented than others. Right. Some are more mid range. One or two of them are more like incredibly back row heavy because everyone's expecting combo. So in a situations where
1: you're at an where you're at an event and it's almost entirely combo for whatever reason, or even like mid rangey combo. Yeah. Because I would consider Sword Soul. It's like it's not combo, but it's not mid range either. You know. Yeah. Like it's, it. it, it I mean, you gotta come up. We gotta we gotta come up with like a fan term for that, where it's like
0: mid rangey combo. That's a little bit better. Maybe like two gear or something, because they can shift gears into being combo when they need to, and back into mid range when they need to. Doesn't matter anyway. We just call it standard. Whatever. Fair enough. Anyway, um, so in so in a format where so in a situation and you're at an event and it's more combo, Elvlich excels. But then in an area, a situation where there's more mid-range, they kind, they're they still good, don't get me wrong. But it's not as good because you're going to have a harder time grinding out all their resources. That was, That's what Eldritch is designed to do. It's just looping the Golden Lord over
1: and over again, forcing your opponent to use resources to get rid of it. I think this is Tier 1.5.
0: Oh, yeah. Very Above so.
1: Dragon Link, below yeah. Uh, Dragon. Yeah. What about Live Twin?
0: I don't know where to put Live Twin.
1: I feel very good about Rogue below adagnister honestly in the Mm. hands of a great pilot it's a very capable deck but its biggest advantage is people not knowing what it does that's fair so um and i i'm very uncomfortable with that though just due to i don't know enough
0: about the deck itself to make a uh educated call on that
1: yeah yeah um what about flu uh tier two um i think flu is like 1.5 yeah. I think it's better than Dragon Link. Hmm. I, I think just being able to, like, use Ryza to basically yada lock your opponent. Oh, that's a fair point. Plus with... And this just might be my bias, because I hate this deck. That's fair. Um, We can do 1.5 below Dragon Link.
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Like, the bottom of 1.5. Yeah, yeah. I but, hate that deck so much. Like, it's a good deck. Um, It can do unfair things like just summoning barrier statue and going full combos really dumb
0: oh yeah also you know using one of the earthbound immortals just rip cards out of your hand well nobody really does that but potentially it, yeah it can uh rise to just continuously phoenix win win blast you over and over again it's
1: so annoying yeah rise is basically out of luck. it can be yeah rise is like the best card in that day um heroes uh rogue Um, yeah, I think they're probably better than Live Twin. Now, me saying this, I've dueled heroes like three times.
0: I have yet to win a game off of them. Not a match, a game. Yeah.
1: What about um? Invernoble?
0: Invernoble. That's another one I'm just not comfortable making.
1: If I take an educated guess, I would probably say Rogue. If nothing else, just because of representation.
0: Yeah. fair minimum because of representation. Again, still a cool deck. Um, there's also like a small enclosed engine in it. I don't remember what. It's like a two card engine where you get one card and you just immediately have access to the other one. It gives you a free body on board.
1: Yeah, that's um, Neospace Connector into Neospatiana Aquadolphin. Aqua Dolphin. It lets you see your opponent's hand, rip a card out, and then go full combo because they link into his hold. It's not that one. No, it's a
0: ignoble knight. It's like a, one of their equipped spells. And one of their main decked mo- Infernoble Knight monsters. Somebody was—I t- remember there's re- a
1: lot of one card combos in that deck.
0: Yeah, but like someone was talking about decking it into Insectors.
1: Oh, I don't know. All I know is if you just wait for if that Aurora f- to come out and then you nib them, they just lose. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I, I, it, was, it was somebody who on Reddit, on the YuGiOh Reddit, who had figured out an OTK combo with the new Insector card. And mm-hmm. he had that in the deck. He he also mentioned you don't need it. It was an
1: FTK. It was an OTK. I thought it was an FTK.
0: No. Uh, like I said, he and he was like, yeah, I have it in the deck, but you don't need it. Um, It's, right. it's just an extender package of like two cards. Yeah. Which is cool.
1: Okay. How do we feel about Bird Up? Uh, that's tier one. Yeah. It's easily tier one. I don't even think it really merits discussion, to be honest with you. I mean, for those who don't know... An inboard of that deck, if it goes full combo, is let's
0: see, F Zero Top of Trigger Future, which is an, a monster negate, and if that monster is on field, if it's still on field, you steal it. Uh, Samorg, who some who who is pointing at an ensemble Blue Robin, who is in, who is bounces primary materials on a special summon, Apex Avian, who's an Omni negate, uh, and Double Dragon Lords, who is a bounce. And like, and like I said, the smorg is pointing at the ensemble Blue, so it's untargetable, and the Apex Avian, who's also untargetable. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's really powerful board. And then during their next, you know, then you know if they spin the Omni Gate on the Apex Avian, bouncing to hand during the end phase effect, if your opponent didn't out the smorg, activate effects Smorg to either get back the Apex
1: Avian. Or get a Celeste wagtail and go and get more resources. Yeah, or yeah, or bring out Celeste Wag- wagtail or uh,
0: Cobalt sparrow and get more resource, like, as you say, get more resources.
1: The crazy part about that deck to me is that the strongest extender in that deck is just your normal summon. Oh yeah, I know because um, if you open a uh, Fractile plus Turquoise warbler, the normal summon is an extender. You don't even need to open Fractal Turquoise Warbler. You can do it with just like two of your birds. Yeah.
0: Um oh yeah, no no. As long, yeah, it's it's less ideal unless you open specifically Cobalt Sparrow plus Turquoise Warbler, but as long as you open Turquoise Warbler plus one of the other level ones, you've got combo plays to make and you're yeah. get ga- and you're also guaranteed uh, almost
1: guaranteed to make the at minimum the F0. Yeah, it's it's so free. That deck is so free. Um what about Orcist? rogue yeah rogue at best phantom knight tier
0: 1.5 but very top
1: i think that pk is notably better than drytron yeah but I actually no i i think pk just might be tier one like the it's i think it's I think it's every bit as capable and good as Invoke Shadal Dogmatica. You think? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, because like. The
1: consistency of going, doing the scythe lock is crazy. And oh yeah. DPE just adds layers to that deck.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because then you can also self. you can get easier access to self pops, so, which also gives you easier access to your rank fours through uh Phantom, uh, Phantomite Breaksword.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really good.
0: You know, you know, good old rank fours like um, Dark Rebellion, exceeds Dragon, stuff like that.
1: I'm pretty comfortable with that deck in tier one. What about you?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and put it in tier one. Oh, and then, of course, a searchable rank up magic into the rank five uh, Rebellion Dragon.
1: Mm hmm. What about prank kids? <sighs> Pre
0: meow meow, 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 limit. I would say very solidly tier like bottom of tier one. Post, I'd have to put at the bottom of tier like either top tier two or the bottom of tier
1: 1.5. Still a really good deck. I'm pretty comfortable with tier two with this. Yeah, like still a really good deck. I, I think Altergeist and is probably better, but M- my- I do think that Prank Kids is still a capable deck. Very. Oh yeah, because Battle Butler's still. Ugh. What about Salamangrate? They're rogue. I think Salamangrate is tier two. Really? Yeah, I mean you. They've won regionals. They, I mean, they're still topping events. That that is fair. It's. Vi- my biggest issue with Salem is it's too fair. It's too fair of a deck.
0: I mean, yeah. That's my biggest issue. That's why I put it rogue. Yes, it puts out really cool boards, but the issue is that they're way too fair. Um the the introdu- the reintroduction of Mirage Stelio has also given them more plays, which is great. But not in my opinion, not quite enough to warrant tier two yet. Yes. If more stuff gets peeled off the ban list, like maybe get a second Mirage Stelio, maybe a second Gazelle, something like that, then maybe that'll bump them up to midway through tier two. Right. Give or take?
1: Um what do you call bottom of tier two?
0: You know, let's cut the difference and say bottom of tier two.
1: Okay. Um, what about Sky Striker? Before the last tournament we we went
0: to the, UTV, the last ETB days, I would have said Rogue. Now, I would say below Rogue. <laughs> I am, I, ju- I jest. I say that in jest only because one of our friends plays the deck. I'm just ragging on him.
1: Um, in all <laughs> seriousness, I would say bottom of tier two. I think this is just below Drytron. Yeah. This deck is insane. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think this is like tier 1.5, almost tier one, because DPE is insane
0: in that deck
1: yeah dpe is a son of a gun it, it really is it's such a good card it adds so much to the deck just having that one extra interruption and in the hands of a great pilot
0: that oh, cannot you...
1: be understated oh it's gonna wreck you yeah in the hands of a great pilot it is an it is a way way better deck than people are giving it credit oh for. yeah
0: in the hands of a great pilot or if you underestimate it right it's going to surprise you it, it's the uh... Yeah, like literally the only reason why why I was able to win that game was entirely due to F Zero. Because I steal the monster if it's still on board.
1: Yeah, and to our friend that runs this deck, I don't want you to think that that was a personal attack.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was I was dragging on you. It was jest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, are you cool with tier one point five? I'm thinking below Drytron, above Eldritch.
0: Put it below Eldritch to cut a difference here. Only to cut the difference.
1: Okay. Sword Soul. Uh, Tier 1. Above or below Bird Up? Actually, I would put it below Bird Up. I would put it above because it took 9 of the top 32 spots at the Remote Dual YCS. And it won the entire event for the EU. And I think it took 8 or 9 spots at the remote to YCS for the na oh okay the representation numbers are just so high and oh
0: okay okay you want okay yeah that
1: that's fair and if you look at how the deck translated in total numbers played versus total numbers translated to top cut the deck translated to top cut extremely well versus bird up bird up um it was present in top cut there was like six or seven but Um, it there was almost double the amount of bird up players that there were sword soul players. Now
0: something that you so it had a horrible
1: conversion rate.
0: Oh yeah. But now something else that you also have to keep in mind with it though, is that sword soul is a new deck. So some people are still learning how to counter the deck. Also it's got what I like to call new toy syndrome.
1: Yeah. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. yeah but cause it's a new, news. So everybody wants to, wants to play with the new toys. But at the same time, if you're going into an event playing this deck at this also, point, you have to understand that, People are keyed in on this deck. Everybody yeah. knows that this, I'm not going to say is the best deck in the room. I'm not going to say that, No. but with the hands of the right pilot, this deck has a very high ceiling. Also arch nemesis Protos. Hell of a card. Yeah. It, it ruins your day. So next we have Melfi. Oh, I will give it the benefit of the doubt and say Melfi Brigade.
0: Let's just say Melfi Brigade, Cause Melfi standalone. Isn't can't I don't even think it can compete in rogue.
1: Yeah, it's not functioning. It, it would not be able to compete with a single one of these rogue decks.
0: But Melfi Tri Brigade, I would put probably tier two.
1: I I'm comfortable calling Melfi Tri Brigade still rogue. Yeah. it's a cool deck. Don't get me wrong. Oh
0: yeah, it's particularly because obedience school is just an immediate uh, rank two, or even a yeah. Link two. Yeah, it's actually yeah obedience school is just normal. It's just special summon Faerigi for free. Pretty much
1: yeah, it's I'm cool with it. Um, I'll, I'll put it above Orcust for sure. Because without Harpoor, I really think Rokist, Orkist is like
0: rough. It, it, yeah, it has but,
1: issues competing without Harpoor. I'd probably still put it below Live Twin. Yeah. Um. So what about Tri-Brigade? Just like, just Tri-Brigade. Pure Tri-Brigade? I would call it like pure with rescue cats and stuff. Oh, with rescue cats and stuff. That's yeah. an entirely different story. I, at this point, I consider the rescue cat build of Tri-Brigade To be pure tri-brigade. Fair enough. In that case, low tier two. I also think that pure tri-brigade is tier two, and I hate to say that. I think it's a better deck than like Dino, but I just, I don't think it's as good as the decks in tier 1.5. I'm just being honest. I I love the deck. Don't get me wrong. It's like one of my favorite decks of all time. And I think that in the hands of a great pilot, it can absolutely see success. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the hands of a great pilot, you can see success with
0: just about any deck.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, great deck. Uh probably top of tier two, but like you know, just not yeah. the best deck in the room. Uh what about Virtual World?
0: In my opinion, right now, Virtual World is actually a very underrated deck. Um It's it is better than what people than what people say it is, so in my opinion, it is top tier two, bottom of one point five. Mm-hmm um most people probably say no it's like at best mid tier two but no no i think the deck's better than people give it credit for
1: the deck's really interesting i don't necessarily think it's a bad deck but it can be bricky
0: yeah it, it's it's big its biggest weakness is itself yeah so and unfortunately it's not one of those decks that small world can really help yeah uh one one point five two a rogue you know what let's let's just call it right in the middle at two all the way dead middle of two
1: i am comfortable with that all right well here we go we have our tier list in tier in the rogue tier we have Ad emancipator hero ad ignister infernoble live twin melfi tribrigade and Orcus. tier two we have pure tribrigade virtual world altergeist dino prank kids and Salamangrate. In tier 1.5, we have Drytron, Eldritch, Skystriker, Link, and Fluanderese. And in tier 1, you have Sword Soul, Bird Up, Invoke, Shadal, Dogmatica, and Phantom Knights. So, seems pretty solid. I think so. The more I think about it, though, I think we have Fluanderese too high. I think it needs to go down into tier 2. Mm, I, I think I, virtual world needs to go up into
0: 1.5 I disagree with the flow under ease I kind of half agree with the virtual world because but that's mostly because I haven't seen like I think virtual world needs to go up into 1.5 yeah the reason why I'm kind of iffy on that specifically is entirely due to the fact that I haven't seen like I don't know how to describe it like I haven't seen it function
1: in the hands of like one of the best players in the world with it I'm making the collective executive decision to put the Fluondries down into tier two because it had 0% representation in the top cut of both YCSs. You know what? That's fair. So it is executive decisions going into tier two. So. That,
0: that's fair. Going on based off of uh, representation
1: anyway. Yep. So with that, that brings us to the podcast question of the day. So the last podcast question of the day is what is your New Year's resolution? So we had very few replies to this one. I see how it is, guys. I see Mm it. Um, Top of locals or compete in a regional if one happens close enough to me. Understandable. To attend a convention with my best friend, which has been not possible recently because of lockdowns, restrictions, travel permits, and stuff like that. Win a YCS or regional. Don't we all want that? Get at least 40 number monsters turned into a mat by the end of the year. Ooh. Save a lot of money over the year. I feel that one with my heart and soul. Uh, Over to the Discord server. I'm going to try to balance school and possibly content creation better. Um, Cook at home more often, which also means eat fast food less. Uh, I want to top my locals once this year. I want to pass my resident educator program on the first try and remove the headache. Get my invite and better learn my decks to where I can play them in my sleep. Not being sleep-deprived, as often, sounds like a pretty good one for me. Sorry, can't answer that one. Still haven't fulfilled this year's. Fair. (laughs) Balance hobby, work, and social life better. Understandable. Personally, I think I've made kind of a New Year's resolution for the podcast itself. And uh, I've actually made two in one, and they are extremely aggressive. I want to get the podcast Twitter account. To 1,500 followers. We are currently... uh, I think around 280. We are shy of 300. I know that. Uh, Actually, exactly 280. And the other thing is... I want the podcast itself... To get up to... 100,000... Total plays. I mean... We have 365 days to get there. Yes. So... Those are the goals that I've set for the podcast itself. It sounds aggressive, but as of right now, and I'm, I'm fine sharing this information publicly, we're averaging close to 1,000 listens per week on the podcast. Which is way more than I was expecting to ever get. Especially within seven months. So I think, so if we're averaging 1,000 a week, if we do it for 52 weeks out of the year, then we're looking at roughly, that's, I don't know, just say 50,000 listens. So realistically, we need to basically double our current pace to get there by the end of the year, which is, again, aggressive. But I think with the hopefully estimated growth and the continued growth and success of the of the of the actual I want to say channel because it's not like a YouTube channel. But yeah, with the with our continued growth and success, hopefully we could just call it a show. Yeah, with the continued growth and success of the show, hopefully we can hit that 100,000 listens mark, because currently we're sitting around, like, 22,000,
0: so. Yeah, we're, we're nearly, we're nearly, we're over a quarter of the, we're over a quarter of the way there.
1: We are almost a quarter of the way there. Yeah. We are over a fifth of the way there. Yeah. Because we're, we're at 22 out of 100, buddy.
0: I mean, hey, before you even think of, hey, before you even know, we'll be, at a, we'll be at a fifth of the way there, and then we'll be at... We're already a fifth yes, of the way you. there. You are
1: listen i understand you're bad at math oh before you know
0: we'll be at like wow we'll be like we'll be like a third of the way there and then after that we'll be like like sixth, half half of the way there after third is half not necessarily i'm going extreme and then we'll be like be like uh six uh, six sevenths of the way there and then like 20 out of 18 of the way there like surpass 20 it. out of
1: 18 okay i like where this surpass is right. surpassed the goal 20 18 of the way there yeah surpass that goal <laughs> you could have just done a normal like rate of progression like we're already a, a fifth of That's the way boring, there though. then we'll be a fourth then we'll be a third then we'll be half then we'll be three quarters then we'll be like eight tenths then we'll be like 19 20ths which would be 95 percent listen i could do this all day yeah yeah i know he but that's A, that's boring. And B, is it boring if I say I want to be 194 two hundredths of the way there?
0: Yes, that's 97 percent. But eight, but 18, that sounds cool. But 20, but 20 eighteenths of the way there is is funnier. Because it's technically not how fractions work, but whatever. I mean, technically.
1: OK, listen, I, you know, what? I'm, I'm also I, bad I, at I'm math. Not, I was about to say, I'm not about to debate math with you.
0: Yeah, because I'm bad at math. I, I, I Listen. Listen,
1: listen. The, as far as our math background goes, my mom was a high school math teacher. She, she was Caleb's high school math teacher. She tutored me. She tutored Caleb. I grew up in a household doing lots of math. Caleb grew up with my mom making him do extra math on the side to keep up. Yeah, because I'm... Because, listen, listen. Uh, That's when, actually how we met, by the way. Funny story.
0: Yeah, part of it, anyway. Whenever I was in... Uh, eighth grade. I needed the help of the Mathma Chicken.
1: The what? <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. The Mathma Chicken. The Mathma Chicken. <laughs> P- <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me what this is.
0: So, in eighth grade. My handwriting was terrible, and and part of my and my math my teacher at the time said, "Caleb, you got to fix your chicken scratch, buddy." And I was like, and I, and my brain immediately went. I got to tell the math
1: chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the math but chicken. That's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I've had a bad day, that made it better. That's easily the best thing I've yeah. heard all day.
0: Cuz I had read online somewhere, somebody else mentioned math say the word mathma chicken and it just kind of became part of my vernacular when talking about me to being terrible at math.
1: Well, I know you're definitely not a mathematician, so Mathematikin makes sense. Yep, I am I am no math man. That's why I get that's why
0: anytime I have two life points, I just give it to Matt to Mathematician. The Yu-Gi-Oh card. Who is a shit all card. I don't care who says otherwise. OK,
1: well, we're way off the rails here now.
0: <laughs> yeah, chicken go 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 back to your hoop- coop.
1: OK, well, that brings us to today's podcast question of the day, which is what is one retro archetype that you would like to see some more support for? I know personally my choice for some new legacy support would be Geargia or a Gate Guardian archetype. I'm cool with either one. If Konami, if you give me either one of these, I swear Um, I was going to say I'll never complain again, but I'm definitely going to complain more. Uh, I'll complain markedly less
0: <laughs> uh,
1: sometimes yeah um I would like
0: to see more fire King support personally. you got a whole field spell yeah a whole field spell a good field spell yeah um now the reason why I didn't say anything about medulce is because they've got I think they've got plenty for for now Madolce is playable oh yeah, very
1: playable it's very it's one it's probably one of the better rogue decks right now but Gay Guardian has always been unplayable. And Gear Gia hasn't been playable in like six years or seven years. Yeah, almost a decade at this point. Basically, since the release of Duelist Alliance and maybe even further back, uh, the, the deck is totally unplayable. It cannot keep up. So what just I slow. need is a way to abuse Gear Gia Accelerator. So,
2: yeah,
0: something that just brings
1: out the deck. Yeah. And all I need is Gear G Accelerator and one Gen X ally Birdman. And uh, can you imagine the stupidity of the combos you could do with that in today's Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: No, I can't.
1: Okay. So here's what you do. If you have a Gear G on field and an accelerator in hand, mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So what you can do is you can or even you don't even have to have that. So like say you have Gear G armor set, you can flip Gear G armor. Mm-hmm. Say you have like the Birdman in hand. Or whatever you whatever. Uh, you probably haven't normal summoned, so we'll say that. Say you have Birdman in hand. You haven't normal summoned yet. Flip summon Gear G accelerator. Add gear or flip summon Gear G Armor. Add Gear G Accelerator to hand. Special summon Gear G Accelerator. Overlay with the Gear G Armor on field. Search or add a uh, or summon a Gear Gigant X. Activate Gear Gigant X, who can search who can search any machine. Then you can either search the normal summon or the um or the you can either like search the accelerator or you can search the Birdman like whatever you're missing. And the point is like if you have another Gear to get on field. With Accelerator. Accelerator can just always special summon himself. Yeah. Because he's not once per turn. So if you have like a Gear Gear on field. You can go. Um, I, there was ways to like keep the combo going. Where you could get like multiple accelerators on field. Okay. But basically if you have a Gear Gear on field and an accelerator. You can use Birdman to bounce the accelerator back to your hand. To summon Birdman. And then just special summon the accelerator right back. So it would make easy Synchro 7 plays. And that's where all the car curries came in.
0: Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe like a spell card that lets you like, like, it lets you like special summon in face down to this defense position, like, Gear G armor. Maybe, but then you still have to be able to
1: flip summon Paunt, it in that turn to get your combo going. Then
0: at resolution of this
1: card, flip summon it. That would be cool. But I still don't know that that could get it going because. Like, it, realistically, you would need something to make the deck a combo deck. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that's, like, the next line. Like, it was weird. The deck was too fast and combo heavy to be a control deck because of the gear, gear Accelerator Spam and Gear Gear Gear. So, the deck was too fast to be control and too slow to be combo. But it wasn't, like, you couldn't really also call, like, mid-range. It was, like, a Just rank like, 4 it- toolbox, level 7 synchro level uh, yeah amalgamation it mm. was weird i don't know that deck needs more support that's all i'm saying Geargia. all one May, of my all-time favorite maybe types maybe a maybe a lit uh level seven synchro like an archetype gear Geergia synchro yeah but then you're just like building the entire deck around birdman and it's like that's not really what the deck is
0: well i mean something else they could do is like also produce a birdman something like birdman that's also a gear gear because then it's an entirely within archetype
1: i don't know what archetype do you want legacy support for yes. tell us on twitter and on discord because once again we are off the rails so yeah. thank you everybody and have a great day
0: yeah take care everyone
1: Acast powers the world's best
2: podcasts here's a show that we recommend